I'm Karen. And I'm Lauren. Uh, and this is Downstage Left, a podcast about theater, a theater podcast, where we talk a little, laugh a lot, and know nothing. Sure, it's the first recording of, like, a few, and Karen still doesn't know how to here's do the, the thing. intro. <laughs> uh, here's the thing. It was so close this time, and I just got done telling Lauren that, like, sometimes I just will randomly practice in my car, because for some reason, I... I, and I am the one who made it. I've created it. So it's real <laughs> dumb that I cannot. Sure. It's dumb that I cannot remember what's happening. It's like um, my favorite part of, I think, this podcast. Where, like, we don't have any of our stuff together. And it's great. Okay. Karen. Well, here we go. Okay. <laughs> How are Lauren, you today? I'm fine. Uh, I have, like, a little bit of a voice thing happening. Although it, it sounds a little bit better now. But, uh, so don't adjust your headphones. This is what I sound like today. <laughs> Um, you sound like I'm boiling going through Sure, puberty. it's a great, it's great, it's super great. And it's this wonderful. is the best it sounded. Uh, yesterday it was almost completely gone, so I will do my best here. But um, Lauren, what are we going to talk about today? Um, first I have a story to tell you that is like, it's just stupid, but it's got to go like somewhere recorded because it's okay. like dumb, right? So great. I'm on my way to, <laughs> to your home today. And I'm on the road and I saw this car. And I need to talk about this car. Okay. Because it was like a very small fastish car. I don't know. Something very small and tiny. Okay. A sports car? A sports car. Okay. I, I didn't get it. I'm normally really good at identifying, like, what kind of car, like, what it is, sure. right? The make and model, whatever. Uh, I didn't get it. But it was small and red. And then it had, like, some panels of it that were painted matte black. Not, like, regular black, but, like, that oh, crappy where you can see sure, all like, the smudges on it all like the time. Like, I painted it yeah. myself. It's weird. Okay. And then a giant spoiler on the back like cool. huge not i'm talking so big it was wider than the car itself it that looked like dope no it sounded like it was like trailing a kite behind him that <laughs> like is my friend john no i'm just kidding. <laughs> I just I, listen if you were right i'd be like call john and tell him i think his car is dumb because sure. it was so fair stupid. enough listen uh to each their own i know there may i don't know if we have any car people listening if you are how did you get here? Let us know. But uh, <laughs> listen, people, people just people. people got to live their lives and express themselves. And no, some no, people no. do it through like fun socks. Some people do it through like whatever hair. Some people do it through giant spoilers on the back of their car. Kite spoilers. It was bananas. Anyway, uh, that that has nothing to do with anything we're talking about today. Great. I just like, no, had to get it no out of segue. my brain. <laughs> got it. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to talk about Memphis today. Great. Um, <clears throat> Memphis. It today is uh, it's the twenty third of February. Uh, when we're going to release this. And, um, I cannot believe you just put a date on there. Just, oh, I, some, did. I mean, that was brave. I have Get, myself keep, together. Sure, go ahead. Um, uh, in a way where, like, hopefully nothing goes awry. But no, no, yeah, no. Yeah, I've yeah. planned it out. If it goes okay, awry, okay. I'll edit this part out. But I Great. think, I think it's going to go the way it's supposed to okay. go. Okay. So, um, us. it's the last Wednesday in February, Black History Month. So we're going to talk about Memphis. Um, Memphis. We, sh- we should mention neither one of us are black. No, we're not. Um, no, I am are. a person of color, though. True. That is and true. that's as close as we get to it. Uh, yeah, that we ha- we're a diverse podcast. Yeah, a little bit, um, halfway. And uh, <laughs> sure, one of us is a basic white girl, but basic sure, keep going. White bitches. Yeah. Uh, so Memphis is a show uh, loosely based on the story of Memphis disc jockey Dewey Phillips, uh, who was one of the first white DJs to play black music in the fifties. Um, have you ever seen this show? Yes. Okay, Love I know I have not, and I know it's pro shot. 
Oh, so yeah, it is. Yeah. I will have to maybe add that to my list and, uh, you know, uh, take a look. But I am familiar with it, mm-hmm. and the music is great. The music so. is fantastic. Um, it's The music is by David Bryan, um, and the book is by Joe DiPietro, Pietro, I oh, think yeah. that's how you say that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I know that name from... Uh, silence <laughs> i know that name from i'm okay. loving your perfect now change sure i was like <laughs> yes yeah was that a, dr- a dramatic no pop? it was like it was a brain glitch sure that's fine so i sure. looked it up and i was like what else has he done because there's got to be something else and it, no that's it he's no, just done that it's one of those funny things though where i also recognize that name and as you were talking i just was looking and i was like yeah he's done a lot of stuff nope and i was like no just he really has things. just done those two things and but he's done them well um yeah, they're fine. I, I always think, you know, listeners, they don't know this, but Karen, you and I recorded an episode on I Love You, You're Perfect Now Change, and it didn't save. So, and neither of us were that upset about it, because sure. it wasn't we, that good. We, like, got over it, and we weren't like, let's try to record, re-record no. it. Um, maybe, guys, in a future, like, bonus way, you'll see it one day, we'll, and we'll, re- we'll re-record it. We'll revisit it, revamp the way we approach it. Sure, I've completely good. forgotten what was said or done on <laughs> it, too. so we could go back to it as though it's fresh and brand new. Uh, yeah, anyway. Um, but David Bryan is a name I didn't know either, so I looked him up, and he sure. hasn't written that much either, but he is uh, the keyboard player for Bon Jovi. <laughs> oh. That's how we know him. And that's why I think the music doesn't have a classical musical theater feel to it. Sure, because he's a rock and roll guy. It's rock, yeah, and yep. he's in the, the Hall of Fame um, as a member of Bon Jovi, and that's like, those are the two things he's done. He has written Bon Jovi music and also this musical. Sure, they that's won it. those Tonys, and they were like, good enough. Yes, they did. They won three Tonys, I think. Four. four oh, sorry, four. That's somewhere down here. Yeah, yeah. All music stuff. Yeah, because the music is so yeah. good. Yeah, best musical, best book, best score, um, best orchestrations. And they were nominated for costume design, direction, leading actress, and leading actor, but yep. did not win. So, cool stuff. It, I don't know. I just, I think it's really cool. <clears throat> so, um, we're going to go ahead and, oh, sorry. It debuted in... 2009 in August, October, and then it closed in August of 2012. So it it had a pretty good run. Yeah, that's pretty decent. Yeah. Um, uh, three years. Three years. Uh, it was. Uh, yeah, it's just. Uh, there it is. So I'm gonna dump. I'm gonna dive in now to the plot, starting with Act One. There is a party at Del Rey's, an underground black rock and roll bar in the 1950s in 1950s Memphis, and they sing the song called Underground, which is like, oh my god, what a great opener. Yeah. Oh my gosh, so good. Well, we talk a lot about, um, my, you know, my philosophy on that is like good musicals have a great opener, mm-hmm. a great first cl- act closer, a great second act opener, and a great second act closer. And yeah. some shows do that very well, and some shows do not. And I know, like I said, I'm familiar with the music. I haven't seen the show, but this one, is it's a good opener. Yeah. And like the choreography they put together with this is like really fun. I like highly encourage you if you don't know this listen to it uh, like i said there's a pro shot of it too that's available so is that you... maybe like broadway hd or um i don't know? know i bought a friend uh this dvd years ago so it's also on dvd so potentially nice. it's available on like a prime or something like that too mm, yeah you might be right okay so um huey calhoun a white man arrives on the scene the regulars begin to leave but huey convinces them to stay claiming he is there for the music and he sings the song music of my soul um which i also love Later, Huey is about to be fired from his job as a stock boy at a local department store, but he makes a deal with the owner. If he can sell five records by playing them over the speakers, he can have a sales job. Huey plays a rock and roll hit called Scratch My Itch and sells 29 records in the five minutes. But 
the store owner fires him anyway, incensed at the type of music being played because racism. Huey returns to Del Rey's club and begins flirting with Felicia, Del Rey's talented sister, um, and promises to get her on the radio. And they sing a song called Ain't Nothing But a Kiss. Huey then proceeds to apply for DJ jobs at various local white radio stations and sings a song called Hello, My Name is Huey, which, you know, we talk a lot about, like, song titles and stuff, and that one's just, like, adorable. Like, hello, my name is Huey. Well, I also will say this, too, which is, uh, guys, in a way where I don't ever think about song titles until we do the show and we read them out loud. (laughs) Yeah. And they are, like, truly hilarious Mm -hmm. and... Just to the point, like very, unless it's like a jukebox where, yeah, you know, it's got like all shook up or something like that. It's like, okay, this really tells you what we're singing about. Here we are. Gustav, Gustav. Gustav, Gustav. I want that on a t shirt, I think. I think if we ever ever do merch, yeah, I want a Gustav, Gustav, Gustav shirt. shirt. Sure. Amazing. Uh, Don Sanjelov podcast. One of the owners, Mr. Simmons, invites him in, saying he'll show him what a real DJ looks like. Huey hijacks the mic and plays another African-American rock song called Everybody Wants to Be Black on Saturday Night, which is also, like, another bop. It's really good. Mr. Simmons is about to have Huey thrown out, but then dozens of teenagers start calling in demanding more of Huey and his music. That's not possible! I think that's the racist, uh... DJ. Song? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, sure. That's, like, the, yeah, the guy who owns the radio station. He's like, how? But how? Um... Mr. Simmons agrees to give him a two-week trial, and if he's successful, he'll be hired full-time. After a few days, uh, Huey is told to read an ad for beer, but we learn that Huey is illiterate. Uh, Huey asks Bobby, a friend of Del Rey's with a janitor position, to tell him what it says. He forgets the exact words immediately and uh, begins to improvise, ending with the phrase, Huck-a-doo! Which I believe, it, I don't know for sure, but I really want to say that that's something that the original Dewey Phillips used to say. I, I think so. Um, we I should have done more research on that, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and double down and say probably that. Sure. Mr. Simmons almost fires Huey until the manager of the store advertised calls in saying he wants Huey to do all of his advertisements, seeing that his stock is sold out in minutes. Huey's station gains immediate popularity, uh, as does his new catchphrase. And even though no one understands what it means, including Huey. Sure. (laughs) Don't you love when you, like, invent a word and you're like, everyone loves it now. If you're going to have a catchphrase, embrace it. Go with it. Yeah. Great. Um, while on the radio, Huey encourages white people to go to black churches in a song called Make Me Stronger, and they do. Um, while, meanwhile, Del Rey has saved enough money to put Felicia's voice on a record, and then she travels to Huey's house to tell him. He is overjoyed and promises to play it the next day. However, Huey's prejudiced mother breaks the record, which leaves Felicia heartbroken. Oh. I know. How terrible of you. Uh, yeah. Um but Huey tells her to come down to the station anyway, and they sing a song called Colored Woman. Um, the next day, Huey brings in a band and backup singers to play for Felicia live. Ooh. Despite her reservations, Felicia becomes an instant sensation, and she sings a song, Someday, which, like, literally is stuck in my head all the time. Sure. I don't know, like, how, and sometimes it'll just be, like, random. will be like, I've been thinking about this musical in forever. Why is this in my head? Sure. It's catchy um, and beautiful. Felicia and Huey's relationship begins to grow. And Del- yeah, of course. This is like here we go with the yep. background love story in with all of the other this. Yep. Love it. Um Delray is becoming more and more infuriated with Huey. 
which is like you know it's i was not around in the 50s i understand the dynamic is is a thing yeah it's it's well it's it's yeah and i think in this show they do a really good job of like communicating how dangerous it was for her yep and and how that was why he is so afraid of this and why he like and his fear comes out as anger and listen uh friends and family and loved ones who are listening it's it's one of those things where um we are so far away from this time but candidly we are not no and if you think that we are that's fine and like good for you and you're living some kind of life but this is the type of thing for people in this country that are not white. And again, got good on you if you're like, my life is okay and I don't have these problems. But there's a real, um, you know, there's a real sense of it where you just have to think about things uh, doubly. And as a woman mm-hmm. and a person of color, you have to think about them in a million different ways because you are dealing with lots of different things. So... Uh, you know, listen, if you think we're so far away from this, um, I can tell you within as recent as this is 2022, mm-hmm. um, within as recent as the last five years, I've still had racial things yelled out to me by people. Um, I have had people approach me and say things. It's not as gone and buried and dead as you think it is. Uh, I will say in younger generations, it seems a little less apparent but i'm gonna tell you still very prevalent there too yeah and um it's one of those things where we are it's culturally it's passed down um you know what parents believe get passed down to their kids and you might have kids that go i'm I'm not for that but a lot of them just continue to believe that and it's it's interesting because for i think a lot of years and maybe between like 2010 and like 2016 um you can 2016 who knows what happened during that year that might have changed things but um it was a lot less out there and so people i think the feelings were still there they were just it was not you couldn't just wear them out in public yeah and in 2016 things changed and now we see it um it is uh we saw it this year you know in the last couple years people uh asian people uh, we're being attacked by randoms for no reason. Yeah. Um, and it's just, you, you see it all the time. And, and again, if, if you are walking around and you don't have these fears and these worries, then good for you. Um, I will tell you being raised by white parents, I'm adopted. I, you know, I, it's something I really didn't think of, but all through elementary school, through middle school, into high school, even in college. Yeah you still get people who are yelling stuff and you're like, how would a five-year-old or a six-year-old or a seven-year-old know to say that racial slur at me? Like where, where would they have heard that from? Where? Yeah, of course. And, they learn it? and it's like, well, they probably heard it all. So I don't want to like, listen, I don't want to Debbie down on our podcast. Cause that's like not what <laughs> this it's is about. Gonna be like, but, listen, this show is not as fun as some of the other ones. So well, that's fine. But just in a way where I hope people understand that, you know, even it's funny. Cause I will, I will say a majority of my friends are white. Because of where I grew up I and like where I went to school, pretty and, small town where sure. it was mostly a white. Sure, place pretty to small be. town yeah. which me and like three other Asians existed. Yeah. Uh, me, Erica Jaloki, and a couple other people. Um, but Heather shout Nelson. out to Erin. Sure, Erica, Heather, if you're listening, girls, how are you? Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, no, no, no. I, it's one of those things where I grew up in a very white town. Uh, I went to a pretty white college, a private liberal arts school, Kalamazoo. 
Um, and, you know, for as much as uh, Kalamazoo was like a very liberal thinking place, it was still a lot of rich white kids. Yeah. And, you know, it's one of those things where I kind of live in this bubble where I forget sometimes. And you, you know, you have to. I, we, I had this situation recently where someone invited me somewhere and I just said, um, sure, that's not the place for me. But, like, thank you so much for the invite. Yeah. Like, I, I will tell you, it's it's just not. It, it's not a good look for me. And they, they didn't think, you know, it wasn't like they were, you know, the friend wasn't like, oh, yeah, okay, you're being weird. It was like, I didn't even, you know, they hadn't even thought of that as a possibility of me being uncomfortable there. And so it's like, we, we still are fighting those battles where I have to pick and choose, you know, where I'm, where I'm going. And, you know, if I'm well known in the, I'm lucky because I grew up in the communities and people maybe know me, but you know, you still have people who still know me when a lot of the stuff started coming out about COVID. I saw a million people posting about China virus and things oh, like that. And yeah. it was like, sure, do you understand how that potentially negatively affects me, your friend, who you care about? Um, and uh, it's just people don't think about it. And and that's part of the problem. But, you know, so to go back, sorry, that was a very long tangent. But it's all right. to go it's back to the tangent. show, you know, <clears throat> Delray's concern about it yeah. is, is warranted because – Nothing is going to, no, whatever is going to happen, and it will happen to both of them. You know, it would happen to Huey and right. um, the sister, but like, whatever is going to happen, it's going to be way, way worse for her, for Felicia, yeah. than it would ever be for him. Right. That's so, one that was where, I think that's where he's going with yep. it. Um, he says he warns uh, him of the danger of what he's doing and threatens to harm Huey if anything happens to Felicia in a song called She's My Sister, which, again, I just think the songwriting is like does such a good job of communicating all of the things that good. he's afraid of, um, which, Karen, you put out so beautifully just now. So Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Huey's radio popularity grows more and more as white teens and black teens begin to accept each other in a song called Radio. Um, Huey and Felicia have been carrying on a secret relationship since the day she sang live on the radio. Ooh. I know. Secret. Romance. Uh, two years later. Two years later. Huey proposes to Felicia uh, on the way to a party at Del Rey's. She says no because racism and laws and prejudice. <laughs> sure. As you do. Well. Um, th- here's the thing. I... Uh, it's just such a, like a heartbreaking thing for the audience because like they are so clearly in love and she's right. like, Hey, listen, love you we, too. But like, we can't dummy. <laughs> like, yeah. Hello. Um, but she admits that without those obstacles, she definitely would have said yes. So oh. there's that. They share a kiss. Um, and a gang of white men pass by spotting their kiss. Oh, <sighs> no. They hold Huey down as they beat Felicia with a bat. It's like real hard to watch. Sure. And like, yeah. man, we talk about these shows sometimes in which, they really take a turn, and they you're do, like yeah. just enjoying yourself. And you're like, oh, choreography, beautiful singing, yeah. and then you're like, and it gets oh, so real. shit, yeah, okay, yeah, it's uh, it's real, real. Yep. And I know you have a deep dive planned where this is also something that happens. And yep, Whew, okay, yep. Um, so they, yeah, they are mean to her. Huey manages to carry her into the club, crying for help. Del Rey tries to go after Huey, um, for he promised no, to harm Huey should anything happen to Felicia. But Gator, who is a friend who has not spoken since uh, he saw his father lynched as a child, calms him. 
Gayer is a character. I'm disappointed that they didn't bring him up earlier in the synopsis because sure. he is around a lot. And I think he literally just is like at Del Rey's. I think he's just like sweeping, you know, just like sure he's there. He, well, he's that like background character that you potentially know will play a significant part later. Yeah, but in the meantime, you're just like, oh yeah, that guy was in all those scenes. Yeah, it's it's really interesting um, because yeah, he does. They foreshadow it a little bit just because they allude to like, oh no, Gator doesn't speak. Um, because he saw his father lynched as a child. Um, but he calls, calms him and sends a prayer for change as Huey takes, uh, sorry, Del Rey takes Felicia outside to get her into an ambulance. And they sing the act one closer, which is say a prayer led by Gator. And oh my, I like have chills just like thinking sure. about this song. Cause it's, it's so beautiful. Good. It's beautiful. It's so good. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And like, it's an interesting, like I would say vocal challenge for the actor that plays Gator because you know this, uh, when you don't speak for a long period sure. of time, your voice is different and weird. So, like, you warm up before the sure. show, you know what I mean? Like, No, that's that's for sure, which is very interesting. So yeah. I wonder if, like, maybe backstage you're, like, doing some lip trills or something in, like, Into, the like, a room. pillow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like no one hears you. I don't know. I just, I do think that's really interesting because, like, that's a long time to not use your voice and then have to sing sure. a soaring melody. So that's the end of Act 1. Um, act 2. Time has passed. Huey is about to open his new TV show, a rock and roll variety show featuring all black dancers. Um, and the song is the act one opener is called Crazy Little Huey, which is also, again, a banging way to open the act. It's very good. It is. Um, Felicia- also, I, yeah. I, I'm sorry to interrupt you. So I looked up, Dewey, I looked up the uh, real Phillips. Dewey Phillips. Yeah. yeah. And Wikipedia, always our source for all things informational. Love Wiki. Uh, describes and just says the sentence, which I think is very funny. Phillips' on-air persona was a speed-crazed hillbilly. <laughs> so, for listeners who haven't heard the show or know oh. anything about it or know anything about him, do a little deep dive into Dewey, uh, real Dewey Phillips, but then know he was a speed-crazed hillbilly. That's hilarious. Uh, and to be honest, the energy that, that is given in this musical... For sure, is that. It's that. Yeah, yep. that's pretty spot on. Yep. I, and I imagine, you know, in, when you're cast as Huey, you do a lot of your homework and... Um, you know, well, watch as much as you can. Well, whenever <laughs> it's, you know, there's not a lot of, um, I feel like there's not a ton of musicals that are based on like, you know, unless it's like, you know, like the Judy Garland musical, obviously mm-hmm. you have to like get into Judy Garland, but this is, this isn't, this is based on him, but kind of loosely. And it's like, but he's still a real person. So you have to still portray him. I think a little, with a little bit of realism to who he actually was while still doing the, like, this is a Broadway show. Yeah, and finding the balance between, like, using him as inspiration and finding your own interpretation of the character and then not looking like a caricature, which I think is, like, such a hard, like, balance to find. Absolutely. Um, When I saw it, it toured in Detroit, and the guy was, like, amazing. Yep. I didn't love Felicia so much. Like, her voice was beautiful. Her accent was weird. Okay. Um, And, like, the rest of the cast had, like, really strong Memphis accents, but hers felt, like too rehearsed sure and i don't know if i believed it all the time but i don't remember who she was either so don't come for me okay so anyway um crazy little huey felicia is supposed to be the first guest but she backs out at the last minute fearing that people will think she um and huey are in a relationship okay well yeah they that's a valid fear Huey informs Bobby that he will fill in so after getting over some jitters Bobby brings down the house i don't know who Bobby is have we talked about Bobby before? Sure. I don't know who Bobby is. I don't is. know who Bobby is. Yeah, I don't remember Bobby. But Bobby is like a guy, I think. 
Um, so he talks to Bobby and he's like, Bobby, you're going to fill in. After getting some jitters, Bobby brings the house down by singing Big Love. Um, Felicia's popularity is beginning to grow around Memphis, um, as does her relationship with Huey. So they like still a thing. She's still recording music. Okay. She didn't want to be on his show because she's like worried people are going to think about their thing. Sure. Um, okay. Well, Bobby filled in. He sang Big Love. So there were, that's the recap of the first scene, I think. Great. Felicia tells Huey that if they went to New York, they wouldn't have to sneak around all the time because New, New York. York is more progressive than Memphis is. Sure. Potentially still true to this day. Uh, there's the tea. <laughs> Sorry about it. But Huey insists that they are happy the way they are and don't need to leave. Um, oh. Which I, again, buddy. That's well, a very close-minded way to look at your relationship. Well, that's what I was going to say yeah. in a way where, I, I mean, and then, I don't know. that That's the thing where he's obviously got success, and he's successful, so yeah. the reasoning to leave and try to get out of there probably less for him, but, like, yep. sir. Yeah. Um, but Felicia sings a song called Love Will Stand When All Else Fails, and, again, another, like, powerhouse, amazing, beautiful, love it. She has been discovered by a talent agency in New York, as has Huey's TV show. The agency wants them both to come to New York, although Huey has um, to compete with Dick Clark for the national show. Sure. Spoilers. Dick Clark won. (laughs) Sure. Spoilers. Everybody knows Dick Clark is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Not everybody knows Dewey Phillips. Sure. Um, They ponder the decision in a song called Stand Up. And even though they are supported by Huey's mother, who has changed her racist ways after going to see a black church choir called Change Don't Come Easy. Let me tell you about this song. Sure. <laughs> if only it were so easy for... for races to change. Well, but that's fine. Like, it's not. Like, this plot point, while it's adorable, is, like, so unrealistic. Sure. And maybe that's how it happened to Dewey Phillips' real mom. I don't know if I buy it. But sure. um, this song, though, we love character development. And when you have a two-hour-ish musical, like, you got to have some things happen, right? So, like... There, that's sure. where it is, you know? Yeah, well. <laughs> Gotta have some kind of semblance of a happy ending somewhere. Wow. <laughs> it gives me real, like, Prudy Pingleton vibes, where, yeah, like, yeah, at yeah. the very end of Hairspray, she's like, I accept this. Yeah, she's like, fine, I guess. Um, but this song is, like, such a a powerhouse crazy song where, like, you don't expect this weird little old lady to, like, come in and sing with such gusto and soul and Great. like she I love like it. belts I lo- like crazy thing i love when there's like a sneaky character speaking of hairspray like the penny yeah. pingleton where it, like they're kind of mousy and quiet mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden they sing of their song and you're like oh damn yeah. all right they can sing i got it just like a weird little like, like, like show steely yeah, yeah like just yeah. one song and everyone thinks about you for the rest of the time it's it's very interesting and it's a good song like when i'm a grown-up i'd love to sing it nice um it's very fun Huey is told that he has won the TV position if he agrees not to use black dancers. Damn it. Huey refuses and proceeds to strip <laughs> out of his suit on the air. Sure. I'm yes. I love that. Uh, yeah, because, like, dude, that's yeah. stupid. Um, he sings Tear Down the House. Felicia tells Huey that she plans to go anyway because it's her dream. And in a desperate attempt to keep her, he kisses her on the air and tells her he loves her. And they sing a song called Love Will Stand slash Ain't Nothing But a Kiss Reprise. Um, the feed is cut and Huey is fired on the grounds that no one would watch his show if they knew about him and Felicia. And he wasn't the only white person to play black music anymore. So sure. Sorry, Huey. That's a real, well, what a, what a thing. 
Yeah, I mean, you you have some leverage about it when you're the only one. Yeah. But the minute that other people and that I mean that is the way of that's how all that stuff gets passed along. We still we still see it now. We're like TikTok. We literally it just happened with Jimmy Fallon in yeah. which he had a white lady come on to do stuff and it was there was a huge backlash because she's just doing all the stuff that a million black african-american people created yeah and so listen it's gonna be exploited but you're not gonna be the only one to do it certainly and once it gets going it's gone you're, you're, it's gone yeah yeah so uh felicia is taken away by del rey in an attempt to save her career so now that Huey is unemployed he leaves the station and ponders his relationship with the city of memphis uh realizing that he couldn't leave for any reason because memphis lives in me another fantastic song sure um, four years later, Huey is a DJ on an obviously low-budget and low-rated station. He jokes that they have exactly one listener. Oh, my gosh. It's our podcast. I'm just kidding. We have more than one listener, We have more I than think. one listener. And <laughs> also, kidding. that's not why we're doing it. You <laughs> dork. I know. I know, but I couldn't. I couldn't stop it. Um, Felicia walks in and is about to start a national tour. <clears throat> she tells Huey that she's engaged to a man named Bill, uh, but she wants him to join her on stage one last time. He refuses, afraid that no one will remember him, but she begins her performance, and halfway through the song, Huey walks on stage and finishes the song with her to thunderous applause. He then proclaims his name is Huey Calhoun, good night, and huckadoo. And they sing the closer, which is Steal Your Rock and Roll. Which is another great song. Oh, I got a banger. Just yep. so good. So, uh, yeah. It's, that's the show. It's an interesting show because it's not obviously completely autobiographical. No. But I do enjoy that it kind of brought to light you know, sort of this, this man and sort of what he did, but I'm going to say in like a real disclaimers kind of way of it is a show glorifying what a white guy did to help black people. Yeah. And that is the problematic narrative that we know today to be problematic. And, you know, again, not to discredit because obviously there's a lot of, he put himself at risk for a lot of things and, you know, to, to, at least in this musicals credit, he didn't take the deal when he was told he couldn't do something. He continued, you know, he, he ended up where he was at. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's just something where, again, I, I think potentially the majority of people listening here are probably white. And there's nothing wrong with that. Love white people. But, you know, it's, I love that you had to clarify. Like, I did. Well, I wanted to make you. sure people um, knew. You're, um, you're valued here as well. Sure. Um, but, you know, just it's important to see these shows, I think. And we weirdly have kind of had a little bit of a run recently of, of kind of talking about some of these issues and certainly in the hairspray issue, go back to that episode. Yeah. Um, where it's just these things that we think are so far away and we don't talk about because they happened in the sixties, which is now, you know, when I was a kid, um, it wasn't so far away. It was only a few decades. It was a generation removed. And so, things were still talked about and we still knew about those things and now we're several decades past and i think it's not that people don't know about them or whatever but they seem the further you get away from events like this the more like fairy tale they seem like yeah. they, they, they it, it loses some of that realism of like no, no no that was a thing that happened i lived through it this is this is what it was and so you know and obviously let's be real right now there's a lot of different groups of people fighting similar battles and yeah we see it a lot in you know, the LGBTQ plus communities and things like that. But, you know, these these things are not new. And, and again, I 
I without sounding like a Debbie Downer and just like the world is on fire, they are not as removed as you think they are. Yeah. Um, and it's easy to be like, well, you know, 50 years ago it was this and now it's this. It's like, yeah, but you have to understand now, too, with technology, there's a million different ways for this to be that goes awry too. So I think it's important for us to continue to see these shows and for them to be made where we talked about this a little in the falsettos episode too, where, um, you know, capturing that snapshot was so important to Lapine and like, you know, that group of people, because it's important to remember it. And the arts really are the way that we encapsulate and remember those things because they end up continuing on and they live on in a form that, you know, other things don't live on in. So, uh, you know, even storytelling is kind of it's lo- a lost art where people stop telling stories and then they go away. I'm sure there's like a Disney movie based on that. I'm pretty sure there is. Was it like what there's there's some there, listen, listeners, write in and tell us because there is what? some Disney movie where like if you stop telling the story, that person disappeared. Is it Coco? Uh, I maybe. Sure, this has really gone on a weird we, tangent we, now. I'm thing. sorry, but Yeah. I don't I yes. Uh, I will bring it back to Memphis a little bit and say, like, obviously, your critique of the show is valid. It is uh, primarily about a white guy and all of the things he has done for the black community, um, which which is a thing. You know, and it, I would love to also see a show where we it's just about people who are in the black community and what they have done for the black community, which is a great thing to see. Um, I also my other critique of the show is that, like, it's all dudes, there's like two ladies in the sure. show, and like I hate that because like where where why like th- black representation is so important, and I'm glad there are so many black characters in the show because that's I mean that's really what it's about. But also, there's no women in it. There's two, like there's oh two. right, there's Felicia and the mom. That's it. Sure. So that's all oh, you get. Okay. Well. Well, and in that way too, like when you start looking at music, and then you know you kind of flow into this time was like pretty huge in Motown, but you had powerhouse, so many uh, powerhouse, women. powerhouse women and groups. I mean, that was the beginning of the Supremes. You got Diana Ross, yeah. um, Aretha Franklin, all kind of those people coming up and through. And it's important. And obviously, here's the thing. There's a musical called Motown, so go look that and oh, yeah. potentially that gets covered. But, you know, there's there's certain things to think about, too, where, you know, like I said, I think. And this, this when did, when was this? 2000, Pre-Broadway, 2003. So, this show is almost 20 years old at this point. So, you know, you're looking at sort of how do we tell the how do we tell these stories and what lens do we do them through? And like I said, I, I don't want to take away from it because obviously what he did was, uh, you know, an important part of history and the first person to help break those barriers. And he obviously was a strong, um, you know, ally for the black community in that way. But, you know, let's not forget we we got to tell the the other side of it too a little bit more and i'm i'm glad this and i do think this show touches on that as to your point i would say because most of the setting of the show is at delray's and right. so you see most of it from their perspective yeah. and you see you know you see the struggles that they go through and i think he is more of a i mean a little bit of like a plot device yeah. more than anything um but i mean you're right we the main character is Huey Lewis so Huey Phillips <laughs> No, Huey Lewis is the Huey Calhoun. Who the F is Lewis? Sure, (laughs) Huey Lewis and the News is an amazing group from the 80s who I love. (laughs) But uh, Huey Lewis is, yeah, hey, go, here's the thing. Here's how you know Huey Lewis. He's saying, power of love, hip to be square, heart of rock and roll. 
Yeah, yeah, that he, guy. He, it's Huey Lewis in the news. So not that. Uh, the so main character is Huey, Huey Calhoun. Calhoun. Sure. Based on Dewey Huey Phillips. Phillips. It's, listen, this is the first episode that we're recording in a set, and <laughs> Mama's tired, okay? Sure. We always choose to do these, like, in a morning-ish time on a weekend, and yeah. we're both not at our best, probably, we're so our, it's We fine. are trying our best. Sure. No. Uh, no, no, no. I, listen, I think this is, uh, like I said, I think it's an important one. Um, you know that I judge all musicals based on music. Yeah. And then, like, a plot is important. I like, I, I like when they have both, but... It is nice. Um... But the music, the music in the show is awesome. It's really, amazing. really awesome. And now it does... I, here's the thing. That pro shot we were talking about, I've been, in my mind, have thought, I need to watch it, I need to watch it, and I just haven't. And now I will now we're gonna bump, watch that bump, yeah. bump that back up my list and make sure I take a look at it. So, so nice. Sure, it hasn't been on tour in a little while, so... I also um the the when they were nominated for all those Tonys yeah they performed at the Tony Awards that year yep and that was a really good performance sure th- that it clips on beautiful. YouTube y'all can is. find it yeah please go find it because it's really nice I actually shared it with my students when we were teaching like virtually last year because I would like would start every virtual class with like a Broadway performance of some kind that I could find on YouTube and um I used a lot of Tony clips and that one I was one of these ones I used and it was really fun so all right up. uh I guess let's say um. On a scale of, nope, hold, hold, please. Why? Well, because well, well, no, my, <laughs> well, my, my, my brain went to a, a weird, dumb thing. But um, right. <laughs> uh, on a scale of, um, sure, edit this out while my brain tries to think of how something. many hockadoos. Sure, I'll take that. On a scale <laughs> of zero hockadoos to five we'll just okay. go an easy we'll go zero to five yeah. um what what would you give it um for me four and a half because i do love this show and i like the music is is just perfection to me um taking half a point for lack of women half a point for uh the fact that it's just like we're talking mostly about a white guy so that's Maybe sure. I'll take it, give it four then. <laughs> I mean, sure, I'm I'm right around three. I think the music's dope. Um, and I've had some people sing it in a cabaret and some cabarets for us. Oh my gosh, um, yes, I forgot about that. But um, you know, like I said, I think uh, an important musical to be had. The music is awesome, and it gets my whole three hockadoos for music. But again, like through the lens in which we're looking, and kind of even though it was written in 2003, you know, back then, again why was it you know there, there's some things around that that i think you know kind of kind of don't measure up to give me the full five well and here's the thing about that is like you can't tell me there weren't also black djs that were doing something uh in the same lens you know well what I mean? or you know potentially i'd you know because and i kind of read up a little bit on him and he hit in his real life he was playing black and white music. He was doing kind of all those things. It's a little sensationalized in the show that he was like, oh, all black music, you know, da, yeah. da, da. He was part of the, per- he was one of the people, first people, I think, to play Elvis, which, man, we, we cool, view man. that in a different lens now, too. And we yeah. know he stole a lot of that music from, from the black, black people yeah. and black community and, you know. So, uh, you know, like I said, I, I don't want to discredit for what he did because he is, it's an important piece of history. But I think, you know, go see the show. Like I said, Pro Shot, go see it. Um, we're not being sponsored by that Pro Shot we're video, not. although we maybe should now. We'll see what happens. We've said but it a lot of times. I have said it a lot of times. <laughs> but um, Well, and also, you know, friends who are listening, form your own opinions. Like, we just, we're just two, like, ladies sitting in a room yeah, talking we know nothing. microphones. We know nothing. Um, and I would love to hear your opinions on, on how you view it and what you think, what you think about it.
it's you know it's an important discussion to have sure uh i'm gonna say i think that about does it and uh we'll exit stage left followed by hockadoo